Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hi, Supermoms. This is Tori Henderson. I am recording this on the morning of Halloween, and I'm thinking about y'all and your cute kids, and hopefully that they're having an opportunity to dress up in costumes and celebrate this fun little children's holiday. I've got a tube ready. I'm hoping I'll get trick-or-treaters because I'm going to slide candy down the tube into your kids' trick-or-treat bags. So hopefully people will still go out and have some fun. And I was thinking that this was going to be the first Halloween in 20 years that I have not seen a children's parade. And then my neighborhood put up a sign saying children's parade at the park at three o'clock. And I was like, oh, good. (laughs) I can go another year to see all the cuties. So before we get into today's episode, which is a really good one, I wanted to kind of introduce it. So last week in episode 84, I answered a question from a mom, Alana, whose daughter has had kind of outgrown a friendship and she wanted to move on. The problem that Alana was dealing with was pressure from the other girl's mom, who was desperate for help in maintaining their daughter's friendship. So Alana wanted to be nice, but she also wanted to move on and support her daughter. And so she was stuck in feeling like she was kind of stuck in the middle. Well, the day before that podcast was about to air, I got an email from another mom. This mom is Tracy, who felt desperate to help her daughter with her friendships. And I thought the synchronicity was just too perfect to pass up. And so last week, it was kind of one side of the spectrum. This week, it's I did a, decided to do a little coaching session with this mom so we could all hear what goes on in the mindset of a mom who's feeling desperate to help her daughter maintain, grow, solidify friendships and how we can kind of get in our own way sometimes. So this is an interview or, or a coaching session that I did with a different mom, totally unrelated to last week's episode, but just another one in a similar situation. And I thought by listening to both sides that all of you can kind of grow in compassionate understanding and help you deal with these situations as they inevitably will emerge (laughs) sometime in your life. So thanks so much for listening. Here is the coaching call. You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and I am here with a super mom today who's come to the podcast to, we're going to ask and answer this question live instead of having her write in. We're going to do it right here so you can kind of hear what it's like to be coached. So Tracy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Good to be here. I've been listening to your podcast since podcast number one. Woohoo. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And so you've got so tell us you have, tell how many kids you have, what their ages are, and then your question. Sure, no problem. I have um, three girls. They are 15, sophomore in high school, 13, eighth grader, and 11 years old, a fifth grader. And today my question is, I, um, I have a fifth grader 
who is very tenacious, very outgoing, likes to take charge, likes to be the leader. Okay. So she has been having some friendship issues since um, it started about in first grade. Yeah. So first grade, it started, um, she wanted to be in control and she's a very bright child and she's also old for her grade. Okay. So she read really early. So she's, she was able to go and, um, instead of being a peer in class, she would go and help all the kids because Ah. she knew how to help them. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. So that started in first carried over to second where she was still trying to get up and help everybody help them do their work. But then kids started to become aware of this and not like to be told what to do. And I feel like that's the age where they start to go, hmm, I don't like this. Yeah. Uh-huh. So then we kind of that went into recess problems um, and just, you know, and she didn't care second and third grade. Um, she started to care more in fourth. And, but she was still massaging of how to work in a social setting. It's still hard for her not to speak out. Mm-hmm. So she struggled a little bit and forth and then she was ready to go and then school shut down. Mm. So it was really hard. She was really able, to, she was ready to open it up and, and has learned from it. And she knows how she is. She even says it. I wasn't nice. Mm. And so she's ready to have those friendships and build them. And now we are at home. Right. Yeah. And we're trying to reach out to friends and it's been a challenge, Tori. So there's nobody that she's kind of seeing on a regular basis that she might just be like kind of a friend by, by convenience. Not on a regular basis. No, we have a family friend that she's really, really close with, but she goes to school at another school. They live the next town up. Not a big deal, but it's sparse. You know, the social getting together with them is sparse. Right. But I feel like we're getting desperate. We're trying to ask for this friend to come over. And a lot of them are busy in outdoor and out um, extracurricular activities, soccer and stuff. So they're busy, busy. And then we get them to come over, but it's very fragmented. I feel like we're just, there's no consistency and it's not, even though they come over here and I watch how she is and she's definitely improved with the way she is with friends. And so, which is great, but I feel like we lost a lot of time. And so she remembers, those friends remember how she used to be, even though they're having fun. I don't feel as though they feel there's an attachment like she wants and is ready for. Okay. So she feels like she's ready to have a closer bond, stronger connections with friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Can you imagine that this is a very common scenario right now during COVID? Mm-hmm. That kids are don't know who their friends are? Mm-hmm. That they maybe like were starting to build, but it wasn't close enough to continue. And so it fizzles because you don't see each other every day or you don't want to be the one to like put yourself out there. And like, this is a really big problem and common because of COVID that really doesn't, it could be separate from your daughter's personality Mm -hmm. and the struggles that she's had in the past. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of the coincidence of life and timing. So tell me why it bothers you that she's 
in the situation where she has some acquaintances, but no real good friend. It bothers me because she's striving for it. And there, there is a group that has stayed together, like five, five to seven girls. And she wants so badly to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like they are are strong. It's like like a clicky situation, which maybe that's just normal, you know, Mm -hmm. society. But it's really hard to get into that group. So it breaks my heart because she's trying so hard and being kind with them. And she's, and she's unable to achieve that. So it's tough and she'll see them study together and do online school together. So in the same classroom. So there's groups doing it. Ah, That's hurtful too. That is very hard. And that is, yes. Sign of the times, right? So let me kind of give you the background, just developmentally, the social and emotional development for girls Mm -hmm. is that usually kind of what we tend to see is Mm -hmm. that around like first grade, they're usually just friends with everybody. Like I'll just, I'll play with whoever, warm body, (laughs) you know, they're not particularly picky. Their birthday parties tend to be really big at these ages because they don't really discriminate between kids they're just like yeah you're you know you seem fun (laughs) right okay so that's kind of typical for six seven even eight year olds when they get to nine and ten they move into they want to tend to want to create a smaller more intimate group Mm -hmm. around fifth grade we tend to get lots of hurt feelings because some kids are ready for that intimacy and some of a best friend or a small intimate group where, you know, you kind of have like in order to create what we think of as like that click of like they look alike, they talk alike, they dress alike, like they move like an amoeba, you know, they're just so <laughs> intertwined and like, oh, you know, who do we like? Do we like this boy? You know, like everything's this mutual decision, right? So that's developmentally kind of typical for girls in puberty. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that I am, I'm ready to branch out from my family and learn kind of like how to survive on my own, but I'm not quite ready to be on my own. And so I find, I want to find an intimate group of, of girls, like-minded girls, where I feel safe enough to kind of leave the parents, you know, womb, so to speak, that mm-hmm. And so we kind of do that for a while, for a couple of years through middle school until the, that clickiness becomes too confining Mm. and too restrictive. And then, you know, by like sophomore year, it's like, I can be friends with anybody again. Like, oh, I have my friends from lacrosse and I have my friends from drama club and I have my neighborhood friends and it's okay. But there's a Mm -hmm. few years in between that from really where you're like 10 to 13, 14 Mm -hmm. that are very precarious. And because it's like the girls are using friendships for safety Mm. to make them feel safe, there isn't a lot of room for somebody who's different, somebody who doesn't play along or acts, you know, whatever, isn't inside their little cozy tight circle. Okay. Mm. So this is kind of 
the normal developmental phase. And then by like 18, it's like universal acceptance, like 18 year old, like seniors, you'll see them like start being, being friends with their teachers at high school, but like a 15 year old would never be friends with their teacher <laughs> or, a, yeah. you know, like you can talk to a freshman and you're not like mortified when you're a senior in high school. So we get to like universal acceptance, hopefully <laughs> sometime yes. in the future, right. but it is this kind of short-term temporary phase. So I just kind of wanted to give that big picture of like the normal social emotional development for girls. So very often around the age of 11 or 12, lots of them want to have a best friend and they kind of feel like they should have a best friend. Mm -hmm. But even though that's kind of the normal trajectory in a classroom setting, back in the good old days when we had classrooms (laughs) and schools, there you could always find a girl who didn't have that need for intimacy who was just kind of like open and like, oh, I'll eat lunch with whoever and didn't need to kind of close down that circle. And so I would challenge your daughter and kind of like ask her this, like when you think back to your class before March, like last year, who in there was kind of just like go with the flow would be willing to, uh, you know, play with different people, different days. They could be friends with boys or girls. There's usually some people in the group who don't have a yearning for more intimate relationships, who are just kind of like uh, open. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So that's just kind of good to remind her that not everybody is this tight click. Okay. That's okay. And that's really good. And I feel like I like that questioning for her, kind of like painting that picture for her to think about. And then what would you say in terms of like, I don't know if they're saying that they don't want, they're making excuses not to play with her. How do you explain? Well, these girls are in a group and I'm sorry, I have tried. I have texted the moms, you know, Yeah. what, what do I do next? It's not like, you know, I don't know the moms on the, so I know the moms are very, superficial social level. It's not deep. So it's right that that you think, yeah. What do you think to that? So this is where like, we want to get into the life coaching because Mm -hmm. you've probably, you know, you could Google it. You could ask me, I could give you advice, but it's not going to sink in. It's not going to work until we figure out what's getting triggered for you. So like, I'm totally like, this is normal. Lots of other girls are experiencing this. Tell me why it's bothering you that your daughter is experiencing this. I see her disappointment. And so it looked like someone shot her cat when she, when they can't come over. Right. So when your daughter is disappointed, how do you react? Oh gosh. I have to think of how I react. Um, Sometimes she'll come out and say, you probably didn't even ask him. Did you? And so I go up, yes, I did. And I'm thinking in my mind, yes, honey, I have put myself out there. I have been texting them, you know, two times now that they haven't been able to play. And now this is the third. So sometimes I get defensive and I say, yes, I have. Of course I am asking them. And then, and then I say, you know what, Gina, you are a great friend and you are working so hard to work on your, (laughs) on your friendships. You are working so hard. And 
I have seen a difference in you and, and you continue to keep going with what you're doing. Okay. So I try so to- let me tell you what I hear that you do when you see your daughter <laughs> disappointed is you're like, I'm going to fix it. Here goes the super bomb cake. I am going to fly through the air and make sure she is happy <laughs> and she believes in herself and she's confident and she doesn't experience disappointment. That yes. you're trying so hard to get her to not be disappointed. They're like, I'll put myself out there. I'll take a risk for you. So I'll praise you. I'm going to lift you up. So tell me why her being disappointed feels so intolerable. Why just let her? I, that's a very good question. And I'm laughing to almost tears because that is exactly what I was doing. I, you're right. Coming in and going, oh no, you know, I feel bad that you're feeling this way. I don't know why. So you're making so it because she's something. crying so hard. Mm-hmm. You're making like it mean something hard. about you. Oh, really? Yeah. If my daughter's disappointed, then what? Oh, then I feel it hundred percent. If they cry, I couldn't even. My husband had to like verbalize them at six months to cry in the crib because I couldn't even hear it. I had to go downstairs and, and plug my ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's that internal. I don't know what you call it, but it is the need. I am people pleaser. I like, I'm a peacemaker. So, so it's a resisting of an emotion. Mm. She's disappointed. And I, there's a part of this. I can't handle it. I can't handle her disappointment. Mm. Yeah, probably. But why not? I feel like it's, it's hurting her. And it's sitting in the disappointment, I think is harder, is tougher to stomach than trying to say, oh, no, you're doing great. You you work so hard. Don't worry. Your time will come. I think a sitting in the disappointment is tough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to notice that the thought that you had when you said, like, you imagine she's disappointed. Your thought is it's hurting her. So when we think that something's hurting our child, whoo, mom goes to super mom cake. Yeah. <laughs> I will rescue you from your hurt feelings and you will feel uplifted and joyful all the time. So the thought this is hurting her is what's keeping you spinning around in trying to take the right action that's going to get her to not feel disappointed. Mm-hmm. But is it true? that her disappointment is hurting her? That's a good question. The look on her face is where I'm, t- is where I'm taking the hurt from. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if she's just disappointed? Mm-hmm. Is it causing her physical pain? No. No. Not at all. So, is, so when we think that something's hurting our child, of course we're going to want to fix it. But tell me why it might be good for her to feel disappointed. Is it good for her to sit there and think, I don't know, what would I, what can I do or what can I do to not make myself disappointed? How can I learn from my past? Nope. You've taken uh, it's it not in a totally different direction than I was. <laughs> you're, you're so uh, like, how can I avoid disappointment? Uh, <laughs> what if disappointment is a wonderful thing to experience? Why and so how could that be wonderful? I don't know. I guess few, I, it would help with your future relationships. 
Do you think that you learn more in life from success or from failure? Usually from failure. You pick yourself up and figure out what went wrong. So would you say that failure is hurting you? No. Okay. So what is the upside of being disappointed? That she'll learn from it. What might she learn? That the way I treat people or my words and my actions have an effect on people and possibly my relationships. Okay. Would you say, what would you think? I remember (laughs) being in college and I had never had my heart broken. Uh And I had surrounded by all these girls and roommates who are like, I miss my boyfriend. I'm so sad. And I was like, get over yourself, girl. Like, come on. There is a hundred men out there. Like, what is your problem? And then it happened to me. I got Mm -hmm. my heart broken. And I was a puddle on the floor. And suddenly it was like, oh, this is why they (laughs) couldn't go out. Yeah. This is what it feels like. Like suddenly it broke open my compassion. I was able to be empathetic towards these other girls who'd had their heart broken and how it can be so debilitating and pull the rug out from underneath you and feel so overwhelming. But before Mm -hmm. that, I did not have that same amount of empathy for that. So is it possible that disappointment is an incredible educator when it comes mm-hmm. to teaching empathy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're saying that she could have empathy for other people who would go through this? Because let's imagine in the future, she has a friend and she's like, yeah, she keeps texting me, but I don't feel like texting her back. How has this experience, how will this experience benefit her if that's to happen in the future? So you're saying if Gina has a friend that says that? So yeah, let's imagine that she's like, in the future, she's yeah. got a friend. And this, she, her friend texts her three times in a row. And mm-hmm. your daughter's like, nah, not in the mood. Mm-hmm. Don't really want to text her back. Mm-hmm. But she's had the experience of being disappointed before. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that might come into play? And somehow affect her ability to communicate with a future friend. Yes, I do. Knowing how much it hurts inside to feel that rejection. Yes. And I could see her thinking, I've had that before and I won't. And I know the feeling and it hurts. Yeah. 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 That she might actually get outside her comfort zone and text her friend back and maybe even use nice words. Uh, that's true exactly and it's funny because now I've even seen her say oh we we should include that person Mm. she'll say it so I I was thinking wow that's so nice you know and I think she's already starting to see that but and it's what it is it's like it's the now that's hurts but hurt hurts right now but like you said going forward And I have to remember that, that this will help her in the future. She's not going to be 11 forever. The other thing that disappointment teaches us is how to survive disappointment. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of (laughs) 
seniors this year who were disappointed at the end of their school year. Mm -hmm. And for some, it was the first time they'd ever had anything disappointing happen to them. Mm -hmm. They had a lot harder time with it than people who were like, oh, yeah. I got cut from the soccer team. I didn't make the cheerleading squad. My friend dumped me in eighth grade. Who cares if I'm missing a prom? Who likes graduations anyways? You know? Yes. Like. That is true. It's what builds resilience. Mm -hmm. When we can experience the full range of human emotions. Disappointment. Been there. Done that. Check. Mm -hmm. Frustration. Check. You know, happiness, check. Joy, got that. Mm -hmm. I got it all. <laughs> exactly, I'm well-rounded. That's, that's the goal. But you think the goal is to prevent your daughter from experiencing negative emotions. Because mm -hmm. you think it's hurting her. Yes, especially this. Where I feel like it's been such a long journey. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it is actually a daily stressor for me because I worry and there's a reputation that was built. Now it's tough and it's tough now, you know? So instead of kind, kind of, of futurizing and catastrophizing, mm -hmm. you're kind of going backwards. You're reviewing and <laughs> being like, is this struggle ever going to end? But what if it's not? What if it's not supposed to? What if she'll always have struggles. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine who you would be if you had the thought this is helping her, not hurting her? If I thought this was helping her? Yeah. What if her disappointment is helping her? Then I would feel much better about it. If you felt a little more calm, a little mm -hmm. more peaceful and optimistic, mm -hmm. what might you say to her? That's what I was just struggling with in my mind going... I don't, I'm trying to think of the words now, because I think the language is huge of what to use with her. So I'm going to call on my friend Tori here, <laughs> but what could I say? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm at a loss for words on that one saying, oh, it'll be better. This might help you in the future with future friendships or future relationships, because now you know, and you can feel the empathy for other people and you're already a compassionate person. So I want you to imagine it. So just like you look around, you see your computer, you got your phone, right? Like everything you see began in someone's imagination. Mm -hmm. So we want to just kind of create a scene in your mind. I want you to imagine, you can close your eyes mm -hmm. if you want, mm -hmm. that your daughter's feeling disappointed. Instead of thinking this is hurting her, you're like, oh, this is helping her. Mm -hmm. This is helping her be a more compassionate person. It's helping her build resilience. This is helping. Mm -hmm. How would you feel? More at ease, less anxious about the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very anxious so, about it. Yeah. So she walks in the room and she's like disappointed. And you're mm -hmm. like, this is helping her. Mm -hmm. What do you, what might you say to her? You're feeling relaxed. I'd probably give her a hug, first of all. Um, and maybe just reiterate the feelings that she's having or ask her how she's feeling. 
and check in with her and acknowledge what if she's feeling, I'm feeling sad. I see that you're feeling sad. You must be sad about this or, you know, just acknowledging her feelings. I think I'd start there versus jumping to what I think she's feeling. Yeah. And trying to take, you're trying to avoid emotions, avoid feelings by taking the right quote unquote action. Right. So instead you could just be with her. She could feel whatever she wants to feel. Now I'm good. I can handle it. Mm -hmm. Because all emotions are good. Mm -hmm. There's not like good and bad emotions. If your dog Mm -hmm. dies, you want to be sad. Mm -hmm. Like there's, if, you know, when injustice happens, we want to be angry. That's what Mm -hmm. motivates action. Mm. We tend to think that there are good and bad feelings. And I only want my children to feel the good ones. Mm -hmm. But life does not cooperate, certainly not during pandemics. Mm -hmm. So we want our kids to feel everything. But right now, because your thought is this is hurting her, is she's picking up the idea that it's not okay for her to feel this way. There needs to be something. We need to do something. We got to fix it. But what if it's okay? I mean, I remember reading a statistic. that said like 80, it was like 86, 87, something like that percent of middle school girls feel socially on the outside. 87%. Yeah. That's a lot. That's the majority. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Nobody true. feels like they're inside and they've got this friendship thing nailed and they don't feel secure in their friendships. 86% or something like wow. that. Wow. So what if what? everybody's feeling this way and that's just normal? And it's that's not true. a problem to solve. Doesn't need to be fixed. That's I can see that. Now what what, what language would you use because I've always loved your language and I've used I've used many of it in the past with my girls and it's made a huge difference. I love your language. <laughs> I was thinking how much choice is if, if she was your daughter and she came in the room and it was like, Oh, she can't play. Oh, she can't do it. You know, waiting for the, the call back or the text back. Can they make it? And then it's like, Oh, what would you say? Can I ask you that? You can, you're going to be disappointed with <laughs> the answer, but <laughs> because I won't be Disappointment's good, Tori. <laughs> this is right. You can practice feeling disappointed and not noticing it doesn't kill you. <laughs> like survive. <laughs> but because I think you have that answer. Once you get into the mental and emotional state, then you'll know. So you want to picture yourself. Okay. The thought is this is helpful. This isn't hurting her. This is helping her. She's Mm -hmm. building compassion. She's building empathy. She's feeling what every other, the majority of other girls her age are feeling. She's not alone. And there's no, nothing to solve. Mm -hmm. You're feeling relaxed in the ease. You said the first thing you would do is you would talk to her about her feelings. Mm -hmm. What might you say? I just ask her how this makes her feel. So it's the simplest three-word sentence, (laughs) and yet we moms don't have a hard time with it. But when (laughs) our kids are experiencing a negative emotion, what's helpful for a kid is if you can label it. So a lot of times when we ask them, like, 
what's going on? How are you feeling? They don't know. Mm. And they feel like pressure. Like, I don't know what I'm feeling or whatever. But if you can just look at her and say, you feel disappointed. Then she either, what happens is like emotions feel really big, especially to kids, but like really they can feel kind of overwhelming. But when somebody names it and puts a word on it, it sort of contains it. And it's like, oh, I feel disappointed. Okay. <laughs> like there's a word for that. <laughs> so it feels better, but it also gives her something to push back against. And she might say, no, I'm not disappointed, but like, I didn't know that until you said that. Now I'm happy to tell you that you're wrong as you usually are and argue with you and say, no, I'm pissed. I'm not disappointed. I'm mad, whatever. Or she might say like, no, I'm not disappointed. I don't care. Oh, okay. So three words, you feel blank. And then you pick a one word emotion. What you kind of want to avoid, like you feel like you wish you could blah, blah, blah. So you don't use a lot of words. Think about how many words you've been using, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Lots. Lots of words. But like, I will talk this feeling out of you. The more I talk, the less you'll feel this. <laughs> And I'll feel better. Well, at least I'll feel better. I'm talking myself but not, into happiness but, here. But not really. <laughs> yeah. So you could just say, like, you feel disappointed. And she can either say yes or no. But either way, it's just like, ah, oh, it diffuses the energy. Mm -hmm. And then she, what she's picking up from you then is that it's okay for me to feel disappointed. Mm-hmm that my mom's not freaking out about it. So this is an emotion that it's okay to have. And it doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. And it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It's just like, oh yeah, I feel disappointed too. This whole COVID thing's <laughs> disappointing, you know? <laughs> and then you just feel like you're a part of the rest of the world. Like, yeah, your sister's disappointed because she didn't, you know, her soccer season's been canceled or whatever, you know, like, Disappointment is something that happens to humans. And so she's going to feel like she's a part of the club mm -hmm. and not think it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I can see that. That's it. And I think the calmness is key too. In matter of fact, you feel disappointed. And I just want Versus. you to notice like how much you kept wanting to go to the action, right? Like what are the right words to say? Well, how do I, how do I get her to fit? So that when you get, when you're in a hurry when you feel that sense of urgency, I got to do something. That's always what we do when we're resisting emotion. Mm. So every time you catch yourself and like, I got to fix this, just kind of take a breath, <laughs> sit back and be like, what mm. is the feeling I'm trying not to feel? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. see if you can find it. Like, That's what's a good the, way to look at it. What's the worst thing that could happen if your daughter struggles for a whole other year with friendship and she... Or let's say the next couple of years where she still feels like she's socially on the outside. She doesn't get to get together with these people and, and have, you know, into the group or whatever friend group that she wants to get into. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I, you know, I think that when she, if they do get back into school, hopefully soon, I do think that she'll find somebody there that'll be her, her friend and find a more of a connection but I don't think there's anything really traumatic. I don't think there's anything traumatic that's going to happen to her. Yeah. Yeah. That she'll learn to like entertain herself 
maybe enjoy her own company, mm-hmm. appreciate the time she does get to spend with friends. You know, mm-hmm. when she does get to see her friend, like you, it's like contrast, right? Like that's what this whole COVID thing has been. It's like a contrast of like, oh, I'm sitting in a restaurant with people, you know, like, it's like, so exciting. Like I can get my nails done or where before we're just like, yeah, I got to get my hair done. And I was like, oh, I'm getting my hair done. <laughs> I know it's so exciting. Happiness comes from <laughs> contrast, not from perfection. <laughs> Exactly. And, and I also think too, and do I worry about keep on asking if she wants to ask for the planets? Do I continue to ask and ask and ask the parents? I mean, why not? You know, it's hard. Like, do you think that they're making up excuses? Maybe a couple, not at all, but maybe a couple. Cause I think there's been an impression that was left on a couple of the girls like, Oh, like she's too much for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was an impression left, maybe like uh, if you say, I'd say two out of five. Yeah. And so this is, when you talk about like, this is a hard age to break into a group, but she can look for friends who aren't in that tight circle, but she can also uh, create interest. So let's say like she says, uh, I want to do a park cleanup day. And then she can invite this whole group to come to a park cleanup day. Then it's not so much about her, it's about the event. Mm-hmm. Or she might think like, I wanna go to the drive-ins. Maybe I, these girls might go to the drive-ins and park next to them and with their mom's cars and we can just kind of be there at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like, less of like, do you wanna come play with me? But more of like, oh, I've got this project to do for history class, do you wanna work on it together? Mm-hmm. And guy, that works better for guys, uh, mm. not to stereotype, but guys tend to be more project oriented. They're usually around this age. It's less of like, you know, where girls can just, and there's, there's a big divide in like fifth grade recess. If you watch them, it's like the girls who still play and then the girls mm-hmm. who start just sitting around and talking. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating to watch, mm-hmm. you know, and then as the older they get, the less playing and the more talking they do, Right. Where the guys are still playing. They might hang out a little bit. So some people still like to play or have a goal and activity. You know, even if it's like, I'm going to go for a run. Or I want to start a run club or something that, uh, and even if it's like playing online, like, hey, do you want to play Minecraft online? I'll meet you there. Mm-hmm. And so th- maybe she can do something that's um, finding out what their interests are. Mm-hmm. inviting them to join and then if they don't want to it's not such a it's not, not personal mm-hmm. and be like well that's just maybe not their thing true or you could even do like um like i i've been thinking of doing this i've never done it but i have a friend mm-hmm. who's like teaches cooking classes to mm-hmm. kids and i felt like hiring her to come into my kitchen and then bringing having my daughter and a couple of her friends come and like but saying like, okay, I, I need a, like, you could call the other parents and say like, Hey, I was about doing this cooking class. Do you think your daughter, you might be interested in signing your daughter up. Oh, that, okay. And so then you've got this kind of group that's coming together, but it's less, you know, it's less pressure. It's, it's taking mm-hmm. somehow the pressure off of the focus on the friendship and making it more about the activity. Right. Okay. I like that approach. 
And so because school's not there, we kind of have to like, you know, that's not the, the place, the common ground where they all come together and congregate anymore. And some sports aren't even there. And some activities, there's so many things that aren't there that no. now it's kind of like, okay, well, I could hire a teacher, create my little germ pod, teach them one little skill set. She could, you know, there's so many things like she could learn piano from like another teenager and like have like a teenage friend, like someone who's older, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't even have to be same age. She could start, she'd be great with younger. Has she spent yes. a lot of time with younger kids? With cousins, yes, and she's fabulous. She have her be a mother's helper. Yeah, that's true. How many moms out there? Okay, listen, listen up, mamas. How many would love to have a bossy ten-year-old come in, eleven-year-old come into your house, and get your kids to sit in front of Zoom or do their schoolwork or play with them and just get them out of your hair? Yeah, and she's so responsible. She could run a household. That's, yes. You want to like support the personality type, you know, and like find outlets of like, where could she, or maybe she could like, this is Val's mom, but like you could foster kittens and then she could invite these friends over, come see my kittens, mm-hmm. like so many things, but we just want to take the pressure off of that friendship. Say you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You're great. We just want to like you know, find opportunities for you to be this and use this beautiful personality that you have, Mm -hmm. you know, the world needs leaders. That's right. And so find out. She's already is. I think I, did I tell you how that I was like, when I was a kid, like I loved bossy friends that they were my favorite. My best friends growing up were the two bossiest girls on the street. And I loved it. Like I sought it out. And so it's like, to me, it's like, there's somebody for everybody because I was so, I don't know, scared or timid or what, that I, I loved how much imagination they had. They always had ideas where if I got together with another friend, it was like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't mm-hmm. know. And so with them, they just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to play. This is who you're going to be. And I'm like, okay. And I loved it. See, that's true. That's a good, you're right. Cause she would be that type of type of friend. And, and sometimes I go, um, do you want, um, want to play with blah, 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 or this friend? And she's like, nah, no. So I just kind of let it be. Right. Yeah. And she's gonna like, I mean, I, I would imagine she might like to be with people where she gets to be the leader. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, somebody who's, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, she can kind of do both now. Yeah. She's learned to, uh, to, to kind of temper that a little bit. She doesn't always have to be the boss, which is great. Yeah. yeah. So thank All you right. so much. You got this, mama. Just thank remember you. your mantra, your repeat to yourself is this is not hurting her. This is, what is dis- her disappointment? What's it doing? Helping her. It's helping her become a more well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. And when you can think, so the thought creates the emotion mm-hmm. and then the emotion dictates the action. Mm-hmm. So then you could say, oh, you seem disappointed. And that's it. That's all you got to say. That's it. Okay. <laughs> you can leave Nothing your- like we're, we're learning from the past. Nothing like that. Leave that out. Leave it out. 
Leave okay. your supermom cape hanging on the hook for another day. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> All right. Great to talk with you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.